himself is a way maker. He makes the way. He makes the crooked place straight. He makes the devil behave. Join us for Changing Your Life with the Word with Deborah Elam. Join us for an inspiring message from Deborah. In the midst of every circumstance, test, and trial, you need to see by faith. In the midst of every emergency, you need to see by faith. The title of my message is Open Your Eyes. Open your eyes. Well, you know, in the midst of an emergency, there was a young lady named Julie. And in the midst of an emergency, she spoke to a person. And she commanded them to open their eyes. You have to have people praying for you. When you can't pray for yourself, you have to have some prayers stored up. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just need to keep prayers stored up. In the midst of every test, trial, circumstance, emergency, you need to see by faith. And she spoke a word, and she told him to open his eyes. And at that command, he opened his eyes and began to see by faith that God was in the midst of him. Go with me to Hebrews 11. Some people name this the faith chapter. The Bible is about faith and learning how to win through God and his word and his promises. Hebrews 11 is where we're going. As I'm talking to you right now, God is speaking to you. God always talks. He never stops. (laughs) He always has something to say. But we have to have our ears open and our mind in tune with the spirit because God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him only in spirit and in truth. That's the only language God understands. He understands faith. So no matter how you complain, groan, moan, cry, bicker, ball, whatever, scream, shout, whatever, unless you do it by faith and in faith, God cannot hear you. You're just rambling on. <laughs> Your words are going up and right back down. They're not going to him. So we are people, we're about getting to the Father. We're about our words going before him so he can hear what our petitions are. He can hear that we love him and we can praise him. He can hear all that because we do that by faith. We don't do empty words. No, we have to do everything we do by faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Open your eyes. And see what God wants you to see. What is hope? Hope is to look for or to await some occurrence or outcome. Now faith. Faith is right now. Right this very second, faith is. And right now, God wants to do something that you have been praying for, you've been seeking. He can do it right now. So that's what we claim. Father God, right now. Give people the right now answer to their right now faith. God, heal bodies today, right now. Make a way where there seems to be no way, right now. Bless them physically, spiritually, socially, financially, every area of their lives, right now. Prosper them. Prosper.
for your people, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. Now, what is evidence? Evidence is proof or something which shows that something else exists or is true. See, by faith, the elders, Hebrews says, obtain a good report. Why did they obtain a good report? Because they believed God. Simple. They just made a choice to believe God. Whatever God says, hey, we believe it. And their faith grew. Faith grows. Every man has a measure of faith. Every woman, every boy has a measure of faith. But faith grows. By it, the elders obtain a good report. Hebrews 11 and 3 says, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. The worlds were framed by the word of God. God spoke a word and framed everything. He's framed the planets, the stars. He framed our world by faith. We understand that that happened. So that the things which are seen were not made by the things which do appear. Just because you can't see it don't mean it don't exist. You have to, by faith, pull it down from a ram, the heaven, and bring it into this earth realm. Well, that's what prayer does. It takes something that God has laid up, and by faith, you pull it down to this earth realm. Why do you think that we get saved? By faith. Somebody prayed for us. Somebody believed that God has a purpose for us. And he did. And he does. And he always will have a purpose for his people. By faith. Can you extend your faith and see something and pull it down to this earth realm? We have seen miracle after miracle after miracle because we believe God can do it. We are praying and believing that God's going to do it, that God's going to heal them, that God's going to bless them, that God's going to cause things that be not as though they are. That's the type of God we serve, and that's the kind of God we worship because we believe him by faith. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Cain's been gone a long time ago. But his blood get this, his very blood still speaking. By faith. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. You know he believed that he would be translated that he would not see death. He believed that. And guess what? It happened. He was translated. And he did not see death. God translated him. He walked on up to heaven. And he didn't die. Oh, you don't have to die of anything. <laughs> but this man, he walked on into heaven. He walked on into glory. Because he believed God that much. That he can just commune with him forever and all eternity. He had this testimony that he pleased God. God. Now we talk about the worlds being framed by our faith. Well, I brought a few things here. I had an eye appointment and I went to the eye doctor. You know, I go with checkup and see how my vision is doing and they give me a, a report on what it's doing. So over the years, I brought a few samples here and 
Over the years, my vision has changed. I had these. I went from these glasses. Then I think next I went to these glasses. And then I went, I went all wild. I, I decided to go square. I went to these glasses. And then I went to these glasses. And, you know, over time, my vision has changed. But my vision changed, so I had to get new glasses. Over time, by faith, as your faith grows stronger, your vision change. You begin to see like God sees. It's not as dim as it used to be. You know, without glasses or without contacts, things look a lot fuzzier to me. I can't see as clear as I would like to. I can't even drive because I may miss my exit. I may be trying to go downtown, but if I don't know the downtown exit, I may keep on going. I may end up in Pasadena or <laughs> anywhere. When you can't see where you're going, you end up in the wrong place. Well, faith gets you there. Faith in God will help you get there. So your world is framed by what you see. So how well can you see? What I see, now these are reading glasses. My world and what I see is framed by what's within these, this frame of this, these glasses. Now if I take them off, I see not as clear. But with them, I see things bigger. Well, that's how God is. You know what it says, magnify the Lord? That means make God bigger. Make God bigger than your problem, bigger than your circumstance, bigger than anything that's trying to trouble your world. Well, you know what? When your world is framed by God and by the word, you see things the way God sees. I remember hearing Reverend Shambach, he said, you don't have any problem. All you need is faith in God. Can you receive that today? You don't have any problems. You got to cast all your cares on God. Everything, everything. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Give it to God. He said, I can handle it. God can handle it. So how well can you see in your frame? How far can you see in your frame? You know, the doctors always tell you, don't wear other people's glasses. If you wear other people's glasses, it can affect your vision. It can change your vision. See, a lot of us, we're trying to wear somebody else's glasses. When you wear other people's glasses, other people's problems, other people's situations, you're taking off your frame that God has given you, your vision. You're taking it off. And you put on their glasses and you see through their vision. And when you see through their vision, you have the vision. You're not seeing correctly if you th see through somebody else's perspective, somebody else's vision of what's going on. No, you apply, you take everything and you apply it. You look through the lens. Here's the frame right here, what we're what we dealing with right here. The B-I-B-L-E. This frames everything for our world. You take this and you see what God has said. You see past your circumstances. You see past your situations. You see past your lack. You see past the sickness and disease. You see past all of that. You see past your unsaved loved ones, and you see what God sees. Yeah. You see them saved. You see them filled with the Holy Ghost. You see them saved. You see them healed. You see them blessed. Our world has already been framed by the word of God. So you can't look at what is in the natural. You always got to look 
in the supernatural. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 and 6. Now listen to this, what God says in his word. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you seek God by faith, you're going to find him. You're going to find an answer, and you're going to find a solution. You're going to find out what God says, and you're going to get God results. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17 is where we're going next. It says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on that which is unseen. Since that which is seen is temporary. I want you to repeat after me. Temporary. I want you to say it like me. Temporary. Temporary. You know what temporary means? Temporary means subject to change. But that which is unseen is eternal. We have to continue to see in the eternal. We have to continue to see in the glory where God is. You know, in heaven, everything is lovely. There's no problems. The streets are paved with gold. You know, ladies, we like to wear our, have our gold. Some people are into silver. I'm just, there's silver there. There's diamonds, rubies. There's no problems, no sickness, no disease. But God says, be it on earth as it is in heaven. God said, I want to make your world sweatless and problemless. I want to do it. Don't mean it happen every day, but it's a work in progress. And we get there by faith. You remember a time when you said, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how, what's going to happen with this. Well, guess what? How many of you have said that or felt that, and, but God made a way where there seemed to be no way? Have God ever made a way where there seemed to be no way? Have he ever given you a job you thought you'd never have? Have he delivered you from the wrong relationships? Have he blessed your body when you didn't think you were going to ever get well? God is a way maker. I'm telling you, God himself is a way maker. He makes the way. He makes the crooked place straight. He makes the devil behave. He's given us all authority. God's all authority in heaven and earth is in Jesus. He makes a way. I can't tell you how he does it. Sometimes I'd be curious, like, hmm, how did you do that? I don't believe it. But yet, it's believable because God is that type of God. He can do it. He can shake up things. He can create things. I mean, he's just so awesome all by himself. He can move people. I have to tell you about this job. I've had many jobs where I was like, wow, God, I don't believe it. I had this one job I was working as a I, was, I worked in the purchasing department. I, I was working for the purchasing director. And in this department, well, the first time I got there, if you you know, new kid on the block, you get to sit in this little cubicle maybe. But God said, I don't want you in the cubicle. I said, well, where do you want me at? He said, I want you in the office. I said, okay, well, whatever, God, I'm with, whatever you want. Now, he spoke this to me. Next thing I knew, the purchasing manager said, we're putting you in an office. 
But guess what? They moved another director out of their office and gave me that office. And here I am, the new kid on the block. I wasn't over nobody. He said, now I gave you office. I said, praise you, Lord. I thank you. I, I, I didn't know how you was going to do it, but I thank you. But the office had glass. <laughs> so when you walk by, you can see right into the office. Well, I didn't have a problem with that because, you know, I could, I, I'm on the cold nature side. So I had my little heater going and I do my little work. And then God told me, he said, now I want you to read your Bible every day. I said, okay, well, I'll do it on my lunch hour. He said, no, I don't want you to read it on your lunch hour. I said, well, when do you want me to read it? He said, I want you to read it from the time you get to work to the time you leave. I said, Lord, I got a job. That ain't right. Guess what? The work dried up. I had nothing to do. I said, okay, well, Lord, I guess I better read this Bible like you said. I think it was three months I was on the assignment at that company. I read my Bible from the time I got there, took my little lunch break, to the time I left. I said, well, Lord, this, okay, well, that's what you said. That's what I'm going to do. And everybody walking by looking at me. Now, see, I'm telling you, there was glass. People could walk by and see me. they look in, but they wouldn't say nothing. I just kept a reading, kept a writing, kept a reading. Okay, then this is what happened. A lady came in there. She said, well, I'm from another department. She was the head of another department. She said, I see you don't have anything to do. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to come to my department and do some work for me. I was like, okay, no problem. What time you want me to be there? She said, well, be, be there that afternoon. So I said, I went and prayed. I said, Lord, you told me to read my Bible as long as I was on assignment for the rest of this assignment. He said, yeah, that's what I said. I said, okay. Well, he said, well, go see what you want. So I went to her office. I said, whatever you want me to do, you know, where's the work, you know, with a willing heart. Guess what she said? I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. Just go back to your office. And nobody else bothered me for, to that assignment in. God is a God of faith. He is like that. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Go with me to Ephesians 1 and 16. Because we're talking about open your eyes and see the promises of God. Open your eyes. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You need your eyes enlightened. The eyes of your understanding. You need to have an understanding, even in your eyes, even in your heart. Do you know your heart has eyes? The eyes of your understanding been enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory in the inheritance of the saints and what is exceedingly greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Open your eyes. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says this. Fight the good fight for the true faith. You know, we are in a fight. We're in a fight. But we always have to fight the good fight of faith. You know, I growing up, I liked boxing. And I used to enjoy Muhammad Ali. Oh, I tell you what. 
he talked some noise. I tell you, he talked some noise. He, he talked bad about his opponent. He talked about how he's going to beat them up and he coming to their house and how he's going, you know, how he's going to win. He was always talking about winning and winning. I'm, I, I, he was a champion. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. You know, all in their faces. I mean, I think one time he went to somebody's house and he was bold. He, told me, <laughs> he went to somebody's house and told him at his house and told him, he was going to win. And Sonny Listen was going to lose. That's boldness. And she, we have to be like that. We have to be to the point like, oh, no, I'm not losing. I'm not losing nothing God gave me. I'm, I'm in it to winning. I'm going to always win because God says we can. We're always, we're more than overcomers. What God promised, he hasn't changed his mind. He still is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He always wants us to be winners. He never changes what he says about you. That's when he created you in his image and likeness. He's given you the ability to apply his word and get the godly outcome of what he said. In 2 Kings, it's a story about Elijah. Elijah took up from Elijah. Elijah was a prophet and Elijah was a prophet. And he asked for a double portion. So in 2 Kings 6 is where we're going. And we're going to drop down to the 8th verse. Now, what I want to tell you about this passage of Scripture, when a prophet prophesies something, it better come true. If it did not come true, they would stone them to death, unless some prophets today. If you were a prophet back then and you missed it, oh, you were out of here. They didn't play that. So you better make sure you heard from God. In this story, this really happened. And we're going to start at the eighth verse. Now the king of Aram, which is the king of Syria, was at war within Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such place. The man of God, Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place because the Armenians are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Would this enrage the king of Aram? He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Now get this. And they replied to the king, None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, telling the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Just imagine you, you at home and you have a conversation with your kids or your husband or your, or your friends. And this prophet can hear exactly what you're saying way over there. And they're in a totally different place. But see, God always listening. He always knows, and he's speaking to somebody about you to bless you. He's saying, I see their need, I see their pain, I see their hurt, and I'm speaking to somebody right now to bless you and help you out that situation. Well, if the king of Israel had not paid attention, if he not, had not opened his eyes to, of his understanding, he would ignore the prophet. But this king was wise, and he listened. 13 says, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. 
He is in Dorthin. Then he sent horses and chariots and strong forces there. They went by night and surrounded the city. Now, you have to get the picture of this whole city is surrounded by the king of Syria's army. It's surrounded to capture one man. One man. So in the morning, when the servant of God woke up and went out early, he saw the armies surrounding the entire city. He was a servant of Elijah. He was so scared. And he said, oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Have you ever been there? Have you went to your friend? What shall I do? What shall I do? What shall I do? But he went to the right person. At least he went to Elijah for the answer. And this is what Elijah prayed. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. God has sent his army to protect Elijah. Elijah saw it, and he knew it. He already knew. He already knew there was an army. God said there's angels encamped around about us everywhere we go. They're already there. And in this situation, the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and he saw hills full of horses and chariots of fire. I mean, chariots of fire. God's not playing. Chariots of fire were there to protect and make sure that he continued his assignment while he was on the earth. And 18 says, and the enemy came down towards him. And Elijah prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. Well, you have to read the rest of the story. But guess what? Elijah made it through. He was not hurt nor harmed because the Lord had opened his eyes to see, no matter where he went, that he was protected by God. Open your eyes. That's what I want to let you know. To open your eyes and see that God is for you. He's not against you. God loves you. He brought you to the earth for such a time as this. To show forth his glory. To show forth his praise. To tell people about Jesus that he saves to the utmost. He brought you for such a time as this, wherever place you're in, however your world has been framed, open your eyes and see through the eyes of faith. See that God is God and he will never fail. He will never give up on you. He will never give up on your children. He will never give up on your grandchildren. He will never give up on your body. He will never give up on your purpose. He will never give up, period, because he is a God that can't quit. Can't quit. He can't quit loving you. He can't quit blessing you. He can't quit helping you because he loves you that much. So open your eyes. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If this message has been encouraging and a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe and thank you for your generous financial support.